The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. Hey, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. <laughs> Glad to be back. Uh, cage side seats. What an interview day that I had today. Yeah. Boy, each Busy end fella. each end of the pro wrestling spectrum. I started <laughs> the day with Ric Flair. I ended it with James Ellsworth. So I got the Alpha and the Omega when it comes Two WWE to WWE legends. Professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, undoubtedly. But hey, uh, one of them right there on uh, the front page of Cage Side Seats is Flair talks about his 2018 picks for the Four Horsemen. And yes. uh, if you want to check out the Ellsworth interview, of course, it's on the Patreon. So please give us yes. money. Go to the Patreon. Check it out. It's, gotcha. it's good, good and stuff. A special uh, thank you to Elena uh, at Elena, A-L-A-I-N-A, D-33. She might be uh, one of our more attractive listeners. God love her. And she wanted to know how Marty's freshly bare fucked at the bottom of the well asshole was at an event recently. And I said, he is on the mend. Who returns to the squared circle first? Cass pretending that he's always been a singles wrestler or Marty Day who's pretending that he's never had a Kodiak up his shitter. So, Elena... Glad to have you in the fold. Glad to have your entire family listening to this podcast. You should lose Oh, wow. Children. Yes. Wow. Yes. I think she said she has her children listen to the show. That's so ill-advised, but I appreciate the extra ears on the program. If, if you're listening, little ones, yeah. you have ruined their lives. And <laughs> mom and dad might have told you that you were planned. That is not true because... I had a revelation recently that children are the accomplishment for the unaccomplished. That's right. Hmm. Children Interesting. are an accomplishment for the unaccomplished. Let's just say you That's build deep. a podcast empire. Let's say you travel the world. Let's say you achieve your dreams. That's an accomplishment. Let's say all those things fucking fall apart on you. What's the next default setting for your resident goober? is just to have another unaccomplished goober lie on top of you and you both simultaneously go, <laughs> kid shits out, everyone freaks out, here's a baby shower, ta-da. That 
legacy fades. You do it again seven kids later. And, uh, yeah, you get little bursts of appreciation and accomplishment. But lifelong, uh, lifelong-wise, nothing. So, Elena's family, you have ruined her. And you guys should just probably move yeah. out. I don't care if you're six. Get the fuck out of the house. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let mommy uh, and daddy advice. smash. Good Sweet. advice from Justin, uh, Justin Schlegel, father of three. That's Speaking. her. Hold on. Where's she oh. at? Hold on one second. That's her right there. All right. Okay. There we Look go. At those deep okay. blues. Yeah. Deep those, blues. Uh, yeah. Good nice. cutter on her also. Good cutter. <laughs> <laughs> what, like like a diamond cutter or an RKO or something? Canyon cutter. Good, Definitely different? canyon cutter. No, canyon no. She's cutter? been to Qatar. I'm sorry. Q-A-T-A-R. <laughs> I was mispronouncing the Middle Eastern ah, nation. She, okay. uh, she, she loves the Middle Eastern people. So uh, real Geography. quick. Uh, and I'll pass it off to you guys. I haven't watched fuck all this week. I've read, <laughs> I've kind of kept up, but I haven't watched shit from fuck. So you guys are going to kind of okay. have to take the lead on this one. Oh, no problem. I did want to ask, though, because uh, we, we talked about it in your absence last week. Uh, I, I know I want to know. I know Christoph had no idea it was even happening. If you're willing <laughs> to share the tale of the greatest father-son match since WrestleMania 17, McMahon, McMahon, uh, you threw down with your stepkid? Let me take you back. Oh, no. <laughs> Paint the picture. Oh, last no. Week, last week was our mutual birthday. And by that, I mean right. just his birthday. <laughs> and an interestingly yet equally cruel twist of fate when I accidentally goofed inside of his mother, it turns out the stepson's <laughs> birthday is the same as mine. Okay. Which has taken away my birthday forever. Right. And we decided to go and have a wrestling match with MCW. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be on the 9th. And I was going to do everything I could from a... It was, actually, it was just going to be like 12 curb stomps in a row. But uh, <laughs> plot twist, report cards come home that day. No. Oh, no. Yes. And oh, no. that match... Got bumped from the card really quick. <laughs> we all know in our lives, uh, idiots. Chris, Marty, you work with yes, or I'm an idiot. around. Yes, I'm idiots. Yes. <laughs> well, at mm -hmm. some point, Chris, and I stand in lockstep with you. I yeah. equally am an idiot. Any idiot you've ever met at one point was a child. And they're just a child idiot. And. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> right upstairs. Uh, so there was a lot of big red slashes on that wow. report card, and that match got canceled real fucking quick. So luckily, that's deposit a gone. Yeah, oh. yeah, deposit gone. Dan couldn't help oh. you out. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh man. Mm -mm. Nope. So right. deposit is gone. Match is off, and uh, I just stayed up all night playing a lot of Fortnite on my birthday. So, so yeah. All Not right. only did you lose your birthday, you lost your birthday gift, which would have been beating up your stepkid. You nailed it, man. You nailed it. That was wow. it. It was one Nathan Jones of a birthday. Look great on paper. <laughs> and then when you got in the ring, you're like, boy, this thing is a fucking newborn giraffe that someone's shooting at with a pellet gun of a birthday. So <laughs> nothing for Justin. Oh, Played a little man. bit of Fortnite in my wow. basement and realized that I am at this point after taking an online quiz, definitely a functioning alcoholic. 
<laughs> well, All I didn't right. need to hear the results of an online quiz and know the answer to that question. Yeah. But uh, the report card thing and your video game thing just triggered a uh, memory. I remember when I was uh, young, uh, probably middle school, I would get rewarded for a decent report card. And I remember this mm-hmm. one specifically uh, when once uh, quarter for my middle school, I got, uh, you know, good grades, whatever the prerequisite was my parents set. And I was rewarded with a video game. And my video game of choice was for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was called Low G-Man. Do you recall Low G-Man, the video game? Fuck yeah, G-Man. I remember Low G-Man. Low G-Man was the goddamn jam. Yes, low yeah. G man. Wow, that is a that, okay. Wow, that is a. I'm, I'm deep this cut. back up right here. Deep, deep cut. Low G man. NES Entertainment System year of release. I remember the box. Yes, I remember. You yeah. just saw his feet, it was right? A, yes, a yellow box. It said low G man. I believe in red print, and it's just his feet that were like leaping out of the frame of the box. Um, Marty, jumped. how old are you again, friend? Uh, I, I am 33, so uh, not not far off of the realm, but I, I have to admit uh, I was a Sega kid growing up, did not have the NES. Here, so. here. I was a Genesis guy myself. Went back in time and even got myself a Master System to play the original Fantasy Star. Uh, nice. But yeah, low G Man uh, had, had the cutscenes like a Ninja Gaiden. It was yeah. it was a pretty damn fun game. God, Chris, good deep cut on that. Solid. Um, solid. Yeah. I don't know why that one game I remember, you know, was the one. I remember getting Burger Time as well, but Burger Time's not. Oh yeah, Burger story. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have my NES collection. We should uh, dust that off one day. Oh wow! Game I'm with looking at the advertisements on the box here. Use the full power wave gun. Climb the cliffs. Fly a captured hover vehicle huh? and fight bosses so big. They can't fit on one screen. Wow. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. That, was that good is stuff. nice. Had a password feature. It was probably 500 yeah. fucking digits long. <laughs> what was oh, a dude. game of yours, Marty, growing up that you either mowed lawns for, got good grades for, or tickled an uncle's unmentionable story? <laughs> the, uh, the, the Kwanzaa I, tree. I, I, think, I think the big one for me was uh, Sonic 3. Uh, okay. The, the third Sonic the Hedgehog, which later then had the Sonic and Knuckles add-on, like yeah. that was like the peak of you know of, of my adolescent video game love. Just all being right. able to play that, and then a year later, you know, getting the 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 Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, all the extra levels. I fucking loved that game. Uh, wow. Yeah, it, it was it was my jam and a half. Granted, the Sonic franchise is a fucking garbage fire these days, but <laughs> in its prime, I, I loved it to death. Um, now, we did start things off with, I had the opportunity today to, if you're a Patreon member, and I sure hope you are, got bonus content on there, we have an exclusive interview with James Ellsworth where he tells us stories about the day of his release, the day of his contract signing, what it was actually like being almost clubbed to death in the ring by Braun Strowman, <laughs> and, um, and he, he, he talks about a compliment that Arn Anderson paid him that it was pretty wow. impressive. It's all on Patreon. And then we did the interview with Ric Flair earlier for an event that he has this weekend yeah. where he's reuniting with the original Four Horsemen. And now I'm Ooh. just, you gotta, you gotta trust me here, guys. Cage Side Seats has the, the clip of the interview. It's about 15 minutes long. And uh-huh. like any person that really wants to have someone fire a pirate cannon into the stomach of their self-confidence scroll down to the comments and oh no there's a oh, no. there's a real good conversation going on about who would you pick he i asked him 
who would be your modern day 2018 four horsemen? And he said, That's right, great question. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler. Thank you. Second guy would be Seth Rollins. Then he'd like to pick Roman Reigns, and then he'd like to pick Randy Orton. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Uh, some other people suggested, okay. what about Ambrose, Balor, Rusev, and Ziggler? That'd be kind of fun. Then someone says, sure. how about Balor, Styles, and then the Good Brothers? A lot of fun. Then sure. someone also says, how about Rude, Dash, Dawson, and Corbin? And then if I scroll down beneath that, said, who are these faggots? So that feels <laughs> nice to hear. Thank you so much. Again, leave a comment, okay? This is wow. not me saying that. This is just me reiterating what people seem to think of me. And the show is a large, in large uh, in the comment section. So thank you very wow. much to all the good people on Cage Side Seats. So. Sorry, I wouldn't put buddy. too much stock into the comments on an internet wrestling gossip site. So mm. my friend, you're doing okay. Don't worry about it. Hey, Feeling good. Did the, did those uh, Jagaloons get to talk to the Nature Boy this morning? No, they did not. They're That's too busy uh, getting their diapers changed in their mother's basement. So you win my the daughter. day, my friend. You Thank win you. the day. You know, yeah. uh, it got me thinking about stables, too. You know, as I said, I want to hear your guys' reactions to Raw Smackdown this week. I read some stuff. That yeah. I did see. I did see the brawn shit. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> Ten and a half. So good. So, uh, but I was just thinking that, you know, we're looking at... Balor Club. Balor Club is around, it's back, it's here, uh-huh. whatever iteration you want it to be. Riot Squad, Absolution, uh, whatever form of the shield is in existence. Uh, a Wyatt family. When did it become uh, Undisputed Era in, in NXT? Mm-hmm. What, what mandate went down that had them stick to the three-person ceiling? The three-person stable ceiling is out of control in the WWE. They, it's not like Gang Wars era bad where, you know, DOA and Los Bariquas and whatever <laughs> have you. I mean, just, oh, everything God, had to be a Los faction. Yeah. There's, there's, but it's not, you know, faction wars. But of the factions that they have, they can't seem to move beyond the three-person stable. They have the one, Sanity. Sanity Fair has point. four because of Nikki Cross. Sanity, so Alexander yes. Wolf, Killian Sanity Dane, Eric Young, and Nikki Cross. So they have four, which, and I like that because I like, you know, because you said there's a lot of trios, uh, a lot of trio uh, factions going on right now, but the addition uh, of a female to that trio, I think, really opens it up. And, you know, Nikki Cross kind of has her own little remix of the Sanity theme music, kind of gives it her own little spin with her, you know, maniacal screaming in the background. Love me some Nikki Cross. Uh, I think that could help. Uh, what you led this conversation off, the Balor Club. I think adding a specifically Becky Lynch to the Balor Club would really take it to the next level. And they could really start, you know, even if they go uh, a little heelish, uh, they could even, you know, um, just just start doing a little more damage and and have more of an impact uh, on what's going on. Marty, expound on that. Balor Club. Who would you add to make it? I mean, the Balor Club is the Bullet Club. It's the WWE's yeah. version of the Bullet yeah. Club. I mean, even even down to some Club's of the merch looking similar. Who do you who do you fill that up with if you wanted to make it four, five, six people? 
I, I mean, one of the obvious candidates would be AJ Styles just because of the history there. Uh, yeah. But, you know, when you, when you look at the, the group of guys who right now don't have a lot to do, it'd be interesting to see, especially because it looks like the Shield reunion's falling apart, throwing a Rollins in there could be really cool, especially because they're, they seem to be building an interesting relationship between Rollins and Balor. Uh, the Becky Lynch idea, I think, is great because Becky's never had an opportunity on the main roster to ever be a heel, but she'd have to move shows. And uh, I don't know if either one of you have ever seen what she's done on the indies she can be an absolute son of a bitch of a heel so that'd be really really cool to see um i mean uh, again just shooting at the moon here i'd love for that to be a reason for neville to come back because i mean dude's just sitting around getting paid why not throw him into the mix and something like that it would would add an impact to that group that they have this guy who you know there's a lot of things being said about him to bring him back in and something like that would be really really cool i like that idea yeah, can I can I piggyback on that and propose another fourth member for an existing uh, stable? Um, sure. See, seeing what happened with the mixed match mixed match challenges, such a goddamn hard time saying that. I wouldn't mind seeing a Carmella pal around with the New Day a little more because that uh, yeah. worked pretty damn well with her and E and and all of them just just being goofy and shit. Um, I know she's kind of the heel. She saws a briefcase for almost a fucking year at this point. But I think she has some uh, some fun comedic chops that haven't really been uh, exploited yet that I think Carmella joining the New Day. Obviously, she doesn't fit the, uh, the, the scheme of the New Day. But, you know, <laughs> at this point, why the fuck not? Freshen the New Day up a little bit. The pancakes thing is starting to get a little tiresome. Yeah, the new day is starting to get a little tiresome. Yeah. I mean, there you go. There's Fair. another three-person stable. Also, yeah. Titus Worldwide, another three-person stable. They have yep. well, they had four because Tazawar was there for a hot minute, and then Dana Brooks' right. chick too. But Tazawar, Tazawar, I don't know what happened with that. Did he did he release Tazawar as a client? Did Titus uh, release him as a client, or did it just kind of dissolve I and don't not? No, it happened on two hundred five, so I didn't fucking yeah. watch it. So it's out of there. <laughs> I, like the I like the idea of adding. Someone like a Neville, someone controversial to a Balor club to sort of add that edge of... Because right now, it's just three friends palling around. One of them's winning, the other two don't. It's uh, a Balor club. Balor club, it was great when they got together. And you could tell that there's obviously... There's zero plan for them to do anything Bullet Club-ish, and you shouldn't expect them to follow the blueprint of what Bullet Club did in New Japan, but you can still have a disrupting stable, a stable of bandits, banditos, 'er ne'er-do-wells, and I feel like Neville returning and being super angry about how everything happened, and you know how I would like to see is maybe a returning for muscle the guy needs something to do now, being that his partner is no longer with. What about a big cast as like their young boy? I could see that type of thing. Like he's their big. You got a tag team. You got a big muscle seven guy. Foot tall you young leader. boy. <laughs> you seven, they did that with with um uh, uh Cody Gallows. Hall when Cody Hall oh, was yeah, their yeah, young yeah, boy. They, par- they uh, partnered him around forever. So. Yeah, I, I would like I would like to see them start to get away from the three person stable and start to figure out something to do with Balor Club because as it stands right now, uh, very very static, very stationary for those guys. Yeah, they definitely Absolutely. need something to do. Go ahead, Marty. Sorry. Oh, oh, I was I, I was just agreeing. That it, it, it's it's very strange, especially because the focus on trios, and it's not like, and I'm not saying they need another title, but it, they don't have a six man title or, or anything right. like that. Which you would assume, with the focus on three person teams, maybe this would lead to something. But no, it's just usually there's one guy who goes for the world title and two guys who are going for mm-hmm. the tag belts, and yeah. that's what it is forever. 
into infinity until WWE goes out of business, I guess. It's just so weird that that's, that's yeah. the focus. I, I, I was trying to pinpoint where that started, and the closest I could, uh, I could think of was Evolution, but even that was technically four people because Flair would wrestle still. Right. So I, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what set And people would say DX was a three-person team, but the most popular version mm. of DX was Triple H, X-Pac, China, and the yeah. New Age Outlaws. It was the five-person yeah. team. That was that was the, the the portion that really took off after the original, right? Yeah. And even even with the original, you had you had Shauna and Trips in China, but you also had Rick Rudin there too. So yeah. that Very went true. from three to four quickly as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it I guess it really started gaining steam uh, with the Shield and then the Wyatt family and then the new day and then then we're moving on to where we are now um but i think that's kind of kind of where it picked up at least in the in the most uh most recent past couple <laughs> past couple of years over there you all right bud Just- yeah i took a bunch of oxycodone i can't feel my face have <laughs> one of you guys seen the fall and rise of tetsuya naito from new japan the 15 minute documentary uh, i, I- I can attest that I have. Uh, It's very, very good if you uh, just look it up on YouTube. I highly recommend it, especially for people who aren't uh, inherently familiar with New Japan, because it it really underlines the kind of cool storyline that they've worked with that guy. Uh, A tip of the hat to whoever the guy was. I'm sorry. I should have done my research and and looked it up. Chris, you would be absolutely fascinated. It's bite-sized. It's 15 minutes long. Like Marty said, it's a nice little introduction to New Japan. It's current right now because of him just headlining Wrestle Kingdom. He's about to have Jericho's second match in New Japan is going to be with Tetsuya Naito. And what I found most fascinating, really, uh, watch this thing. If you can, pause the podcast. Go watch it. It'll take you 15 minutes. Uh, The gentleman that does it does a very good, succinct job. Good footage of his, again, his fall and his rise. And I feel like if you pay attention to the players inside of this documentary, there's a lesson to be learned for currently what's going on in the WWE, looking at two people in each promotion. In the fall and rise of Tetsuya Naito, Naito, for a time, appeared to be there, in a manner of speaking, Roman Reigns. He was a Mm -hmm. guy that they had sort of decided that was going to be their top star. There was a name for their top star. It's a, it's a Japanese term, if you say uh, this. An ace. An, an ace. ace. An ace, and he says something, something in Japanese that he says. He says it a few times oh, in yeah, the documentary yeah. when he says this Japanese phrase. It means, yeah. I, Tetsuya Naito, am the top star of New Japan. And he gets a very Roman Reigns-like pushback from the crowd as to where in the United States we'll boo and we'll hiss and we'll make smarky signs and throw shit in the ring and F you Roman. There is a moment in this thing where I guess this is just Japanese culture uh, far more polite than us fucking savages over here where what they will do is give someone dead funeral-like silence. Yeah. I mean, they will co- they cover their mouths so you don't hear them breathe. And hearing a dome or an arena full of people giving him dead silence because they're not interested in him as their company guy, is it's, it's worse than watching Roman get booed. And another person in this documentary that they just show very, very briefly, but obviously he's a huge portion of New Japan now, is Kenny Omega. And it got me thinking about those two people, Naito and Omega, the forced push of Naito that falls apart and they're able to 
fix it by having him go away and come back and, oh my God, be a heel. And then right. the natural evolution and acceptance of Kenny Omega, that doesn't have much in the way of a push. He just has uh, an interesting fan base that grows Daniel Bryan-like and turns into an international movement. And then it comes to the point where the, the promotion just can't ignore his popularity anymore. And they're putting him in main right. event matches and giving him the first United States Championship. And it got me thinking about what's going on right now with Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman right now is Kenny Omega. And Roman Reigns is Naito. Roman is the dude that they want to be the dude. And it isn't, it hasn't been happening for a while. He's still a fine worker. He puts on fine matches. He's doing his damnedest. It's not him, but it is the fact that, and this is not news to anybody that listens to a wrestling podcast, Roman's been forced on the crowd and the crowd has pushed back. Braun, on the other hand, has had, uh, not to say he hasn't been pushed, he's been pushed. But not forced on you, not 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 shoved on you, and he's everything that Vince loves—a huge guy, massive, yep. <laughs> super powerful. But he's very very nimble, and the crowd is getting into every single thing he does. If I'm in the WWE right now, no, they're not going to push another Brian like guy. They're not going to push another CM Punk like guy. They're not going to push somebody that's a little bit smaller again for a while unless they're so goddamn special. Braun's everything they need. It's everything they want in Roman. And a quick flip of the page, a quick change of plans. And I could see Braun Strowman being in that spot later this year, if not before or at WrestleMania. They could learn from what they did with Naito and Omega and apply it to Roman and Braun and have Roman leave for a bit or, or go do something else within the WWE turn heel again, reform his own new stable, be a shithead, come back, let the crowd get back into him doing something fresh, and then you're going to have two stars instead of one. And you saw that on Monday. That shit that he did with Elias was some of the most entertaining stuff the WWE has done in a year comedically, action-wise, surprise-wise, promo, physicality, it was everything. Crowd reaction. It was amazing. It's time to say, let's put Roman on pause and put all our chips in on Braun. I'm inclined to agree 100% with you, Justin. Not just because, uh, you know, Braun has grown by leaps and bounds in the, I think, two years since he got called up to the main roster. I mean, if you look back from his uh, Wyatt family squash days to now, it, it's a world of difference. But the thing they have with Braun is he's so he's so natural to what WWE tries to do. I mean, even the standard WWE sense of humor, which is usually uh, very well, to be honest, shitty and usually involves Michael Cole shitty fake laughing. Shitty at worst, corny at best. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Michael Cole cackling in, into the, the commentary headset because we're, that's how we're supposed to know to laugh. It, it, it's usually shit. Instead, you had this moment with him and Elias on Monday that was a natural extension of Braun's character. It still made him somehow look like a badass, even though it was completely ridiculous and it was, again, that sort of great touch, which I know, Justin, is one of your favorite things. This this natural character interaction that it, you know grows each character it, it made sense for braun to to have an instrument that large it yes. made sense for for that to be a way he gets into a mind of a guy like uh, elias it was just so perfect and and 
Like, I, I don't know who wrote that segment, but that dude should be given all the promotions because it was such a natural extension of both of those characters. And it worked. And and I think that's why everyone's still talking about it, you know, this many days later. I mean, we're still seeing it pop up on, on our social media. It's crazy. Yeah, it's very, very much so. Yeah, Chris, yeah. what did you think of it? And, and <clears throat> Braun Strowman, he's just so charismatic your eyes are drawn to him not only because of his you know physical attributes which are impressive he's a monster he's great but you're drawn to him because when when he uh gets the opportunity to show a little bit of personality you're like oh man this guy's he's fucking likable this guy's great he's out there riffing on a giant fucking stand-up bass cello whatever it was <laughs> with with the with the drifter slash um failed artist who just you know rags on everybody it, it, like you said it, it kind of worked out perfectly and you know i saw some people complaining online as the iwc is wont to do uh that this was um out of character and it killed the character for braun Strowman. and i i rolled my eyes because there is no defined character for braun Strowman. yes he can be a monster and tip over trucks and 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 shit like that and yell i'm not finished with you yet and and run <laughs> after somebody but there's there's no reason uh, that this guy who's you know loves beating people up and loves competition and stuff like that can't fuck with somebody and and then beat them with an oversized musical instrument like it it it, it didn't seem like a, a character assassination to me and I think it just built upon what we saw on the mixed match challenge if you did see the one with him and Alexa Bliss and the team little big thing and. You know they were they were a charming, uh, charming little tag team together. They were they were just making jokes and shooting each other the uh, the googly eyes, and it was endearing, and it made me like him even more, even though it wasn't like him destroying something. So adding layers to this character because, like I said, there is no defined Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is still becoming what we're going to see him as, and adding uh, you know these putting different bows in his quiver uh, for things he can do and do well uh, is. Certainly Certainly going to help him out in the long run, and I agree with you 100% that uh, you could slap him in that match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, have it main event, and everybody will be as into it, if not more into it, than they would uh, a Brock Roman Reigns match. Yeah, being that this would be Roman's fourth headlining consecutive, yeah. consecutive WrestleMania, you'll be there again. Take a fucking break. And if you yeah. if genuinely thought that that segment killed his character or was too out of character you're a shit fan don't listen to the fucking show (laughs) you have no idea what pro wrestling is about the intrinsic entertainment value of it that when it doesn't come to actual wrestling matches there's so much more beyond that go back to super brawl 3 and watch the fucking white castle of fear between vader and sting which resulted (laughs) in an amazing match with one of the most silly dick build-ups of all time Look back at some of our our recent history with the WWE. What was one of the greatest rock segments of all time? The People's Champion, the most electrifying man in the ring. This is your life with the fucking Mm -hmm. Mick Foley. And that whole, there was birthday clowns and silly photos and balloons. And it was beyond out of character. Gym teachers. Gym teachers. And it couldn't have been more out of character. It was hysterical. Stone Cold Steve Austin once threatened to drop a goddamn porta john that he had sprung uh, strung from the roof on 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 a cross dressing gold dust. Uh, Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medalist, sprayed a milk truck full of people. These yeah. moments, this cello moment, 
is one of those things that if Braun's career trajectory continues the way it is, and that's onward and upward, they'll go back and look at that moment that he came out and played a cello like a guitar the same way that Kurt Angle sprayed down the McMahon-Helmsley yeah. faction with milk and the silly birthday clown came out and got in the Rock's face and Rock gave you the it doesn't matter what you mean or say or whatever moment. This was... This, this right. was a watershed moment for fucking Braun. This wasn't out of character. This was an evolution of the character. He's been beat, smash, destroy, tip over, flip over, crush, move on. This added a whole other layer to his ass. And then we still got what Braun does. And he swung a fucking cello at some guy. <laughs> and it exploded like a goddamn Jerry Bruckheimer piece. It was amazing. Beautiful. It was. So good. I watched that. So good. It was. I, my jaw was a gape. I was just so so happy. A, I loved gaping. You were sports B, entertained. I, loved, I was sports <laughs> entertained. Exactly. Now you brought up the mixed match challenge, which it sounds like by all accounts is an utter fucking disaster. Not in the ring, but as far as interaction with the fans and YouTube views have just bottomed out to nothing. And I guess the backstage reaction amongst the uh, the people of rumors would be concerned people in power <coughs> that this mix match challenge is going to get wrapped up real quick swept aside and never done again regardless of how good some of the action in the ring has turned out to be well i think it was i think it was only set to be a uh, <clears throat> it was planned to be only a set number of episodes and they got paid by facebook to do this so they're not losing any money on this thing although they were testing this thing out with facebook if anything facebook is going to be like all right maybe we have to rethink this uh this idea of maybe because facebook's in the running possibly to pick up the tv slash streaming rights for raw and smackdown in two years so that's that was part of this thing as well so maybe maybe facebook uh will, will reassess working with wwe again uh they'll probably lose some money on it but uh, do i think it hurts anybody in wwe no you know it was another thing they tried did Digital is the future. Streaming is the future. And, you know, until they figure out exactly how everything's going to pan out, you're going to have to experiment. But I think the idea of the Mixed Match Challenge uh, was intriguing. You had some some really interesting teams. Marty and I talked about last week when you were out, Justin, about Rose Gold, uh, Goldust, and, uh, and Mandy Rose that really had a lot of charisma and a really good rapport uh, with each other for seemingly no fucking reason. Uh, and the, the Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman. And, you know, you had Jimmy Uso and Naomi who are married. So that's not exciting, but Rusev last night coming out in pretty much uh, a, a women's bathing suit the same way Lana wears to the ring was fucking outstanding. So, you know, it, it, we're getting some entertaining uh, entertaining moments out of it, if, if nothing else. Speaking of Mandy Rose, I've been doing quite a bit of masturbating to her recently. <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been spilling fucking buckets of cum to oh to Mandy God. Rose. I've got I've got I've got my oh. couple of my favorites. Oh. Uh you know, I've got my uh oh. uh you know, your Vicky Guerreros of the world. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. You got your, you know, yeah, yeah, I've got my Byron Saxons and then I've got you know, of course. My, my, my Mandy Roses, yeah. And um if yeah, you if you do yeah, a if normal. you do a deep dive on Mandy, do a deep dive on her, they uh -huh. might have they might have another Trish Stratus on their hands here. If she turns out to be as good in the ring as she seems to have the capabilities of being, she is as hot, if not hotter, by like a percent or two than 
Trish Stratus just by virtue of the fact that she's not Canadian. I think <laughs> she can she can not she can bring the not dorky Canadian heat because unfortunately you're sort of born with that innate I'm a fucking dork from Canada thing eh? that even even God love you Jericho and God love you Omega I still in the back of my head say they like poutine and I can't fucking get completely on board with that uh, which have you ever had poutine. Uh, I, I've had poutine. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it from from an area which is known for eating gravy fries here in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't the super mind blowing experience that it, it has been put to me. But yeah, it's all right. It's, it's okay. the cheese curds that fuck. Cheese curds. The cheese yeah. curds. The cheese curds are the thing that I, I just no no. It's just like I'm drinking trash juice. It's it's, it's <laughs> not good. I'm not. I don't, I don't like poutine. And um, not saying I'm going to kick Trish Stratus out of bed for eating Pringles anytime soon. But Mandy Rose, I'm starting to get a real, a real sweet spot for. Hell, I'll even go ahead and uh, you know milk this fucking Cenobite to Sonia Deville now and then, knowing that that is an impossible <laughs> endeavor. I will still yeah. jump on there and enjoy en- enjoy that woman's work. <laughs> you, it, you ever? It, uh, it, Jack off the coach? Yes, I'll answer that fucking question. <laughs> yes. God, uh, you know me so well. You knew exactly where I was going on you that. You just where you're going with that. You're it, going. It's it's insight discussion like that, which is why families come together and listen to the Rough House podcast. Well, yeah, families yeah. coming Boy. together is disgusting. <laughs> there Don't you do go. that. Don't do that as a family. There you go. It's so gross. <laughs> um, I read the recap of smackdown and i'm very confused right oh now my god as to what is happening on smackdown with Z- okay is zane and owens are friends again yeah okay and i think corbin and ziggler in a weird roundabout way were were were, were, were friends of of circumstance and convenience Ish. On Tuesday ish, uh-huh. not like they're gonna partner up anytime soon, right? Uh, and they're and me, my enemy is my friend. Yeah, exactly. And this is and this is for an elimination chamber thing. Uh, no, it's uh, not Fast elimination Lane. chamber. It's a fa- fatal five way at Fast Lane. Fatal yes. five way. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening at all. Uh, if if I'm to guess, I think what happens is every Tuesday morning, Road Dog takes <laughs> a copy of the game Boggle and just has dice filled with roster names, and he just shakes up that game of Boggle, throws it down, and just makes a card, times it out for two hours, and throws it on television. I don't know what the fuck they're doing on SmackDown anymore, in, in wow. any way, shape, or form. They have this top ten, I don't know what the fuck the deal with the top ten I, is. What the fuck is the top ten? Uh, like, SmackDown's uh, off the rails. Uh, Ziggler and 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 uh, Corbin weren't even on the top ten, and they were randomly given these title right. shots, and then right. they were randomly given more title shots again. Ziggler right. Left was a heel. He was a heel for the first half of the show, but he was a face by the end of the show. I, 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 I want to understand something, but I don't fucking get it. Yeah, SmackDown <laughs> is infuriatingly frustrating right now. There's there's no long game being played that I can discern. It like you said, it just seems like they're just yachting some shit together and and seeing what works. A hey, spoiler alert. None of it's working. Um, you know, and I don't know. 
if 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 the Shane and Daniel Bryan stuff, which was never resolved, by the way, um, still not. That's st- still kind of kind of happening. Shane kind of shooting some dirty looks to Bryan. Uh, I I don't I don't I don't fucking know. Uh, the problem I think lies with that um, is that this 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 Bryan Shane uh, thing has been going on for what seems like five years. Um, there's been no resolution. There's been no final final like showdown. Uh, nothing. It's just it's just turning over and repeating and, and 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 confusing everybody week to week. Meanwhile, you've got poor AJ Styles, one of the best workers in the world, who wasn't even on the show. Was he on the show at all? Uh, he did a dark match after everything, but that's about but he it. He wasn't. He on wasn't on SmackDown. Television. Yeah. The yeah. fuck. Get the fuck. <laughs> nor <laughs> nor was Nakamura, who was your Royal Rumble winner. Uh, yeah. and, and his and uh, challenged AJ Styles for a match at WrestleMania. So two of your top guys uh, on the brand weren't on the show. Not and I, I love I love Kevin Owens. I love S- shithead Sami Zayn. Yep. Uh, I think there's a little too much Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn right now. Dial it back. Work some of these other guys in. Um, I don't know what's going on with Randy Orton's hair. It's perplexing and I don't like it. Um, Jinder Mahal is now, you know, interjecting himself into the U.S. title picture with with Rudin Orton. Um, one highlight on the show that I did catch was Chad Gable being an insufferable prick and fucking with the New Day and destroying pancakes. I did which like was that. Entertaining. I did like that, that. was entertaining. Uh, although the match, you know, was essentially uh, nothing, and the New Day won, obviously, because why give Benjamin and Gable anything good? Uh, SmackDown just seems it's a cluster. Fuck. And it's so infuriating because there's so much talent on that show. And it's even more infuriating to transition into the next big topic is that it looks like the brand split may be slowing down, if not going away completely. The pay per views will be uh, starting after WrestleMania, I think. Yeah, backlash. all the pay per views will be co branded and four hours long with an hour long pre show. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. Oh. Even yeah. more, oh, even fuck more wrestling. wrestling. Oh, Yay! Fuck pro wrestling. Yay. Ass. It, it, so, it, it's, it, oh god. Do you imagine that this is the end of the brand split, or is it the end of brand specific, which it would seems to be a definite case, brand specific right. pay per view special events? Will they maintain the brand split with them just having? You know, a definite, a definite two roster events, but then once you know uh, Sunday's over, we're back to Monday. It's just Raw, just SmackDown. I I think it's going to start with it just being the the pay per views. Uh, it, it seems like it's a reaction to the network numbers, not necessarily bouncing one way or another. You know, with the addition of pay per views uh, and you know them having a hard time selling out arenas for the pay per views. Well, uh, how about the, the fact that SmackDown's ratings just went in the fucking gutter recently? With yeah, a, a yearly wow. low of two point five million, uh, where people are not a good product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're getting apathetic to SmackDown, which, yeah. you know, after the brand split really was the premier mm-hmm. show and has since become not that again with the roster full of talented people. A- incredibly yeah. talented people, arguably talent wise. If you look at the names, one of the best rosters they've ever had. 
and it's not great. And and the thing is, you know, if if this starts with them taking the the brand split pay per views away, this is just going to turn into the brand split going away. Because over time, the only people are going to get over are the you know the small number Top of guys. people they can put on the pay per views. Unless everything yeah. is going to be a four way or five way or six way to get everyone on the fucking show, so things count. It, I I. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. And I want to. Ugh. Speaking of um, Dolph Ziggler, there's an interesting article on, on Forbes about Dolph Ziggler. And it is, it's basically entitled, Everybody Hates Dolph, A Timeline. And <laughs> once a unanimous hero of the impossible to please internet wrestling community, Dolph seems to have worn out his welcome with this once reliable fan base. Uh, news says that he has signed a new two-year contract for a million and a half a year. But... Dang. It's, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's back in. He's back on. But they, they, they quote some people such as uh, Brian Alvarez from F4W, Jason Solomon from Solomonster Sounds Off, Jake Barnett from ProWrestling.net, and that this stop-start booking of Dolph's has just fried him. No one truly believes he's going to move his way up from the U.S. title picture to the, the WWE championship that AJ currently has, that he might have peaked and has since floundered since his post-WrestleMania Money in the Bank cash-in against Alberto Del Rio. That was a moment that was never capitalized on. The walkout has essentially been ignored. I mean, he had an interesting what's happening here moment where he lays down the U.S. title. It causes this tournament. He shows back up as the final member of the Royal Rumble, then isn't on SmackDown the following Tuesday after the Royal Rumble. And now here he is again beating guys that have been the focus of SmackDown, your Zanes and Owens, to get into this fast lane match. And like you were saying, uh, you know, Marty, none of this is making sense. And more so, none of this is making me care about it at all. Like, I, I was getting ready to do the show tonight. Like, man, I should probably watch the, the you know, a SmackDown. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't feel like it. I don't. There's nothing of value in there to me that's going to have me sit down and dedicate two hours to it right now. Well, the the matches themselves were fine uh, for a for a tele for a TV show. Um, you know they weren't anything groundbreaking, but it was you know it was it was perfectly serviceable wrestling. It's just the lack of storyline direction, um, and you know just tossing all these people in all these multi match multi person matches. It just gets it gets just too much. You know, you, then you get more than one person in there. You don't know who to root for, and you're like why the fuck is this guy in? Um, you know, so it's going to be a fatal five way at fast lane and then the elimination chamber got bumped up from six to seven uh after jason jordan was announced to be out through wrestlemania so the whole seth rollins versus jason jordan thing is on the shelf so rollins mm-hmm. gets puts into the elimination chamber now i guess they're gonna start out with three in the ring and then because unless they're putting an extra fucking pod somewhere dangling somebody off the roof uh there ain't they do no have those shark cages that. yeah they have a lot of shark cages <laughs> they got all the shark um, cages <laughs> it's just so many people and you know I, I i want rollins to be a part of something and i want rollins to be in marquee matches because I, I fucking love seth rollins but man it's just a lot 
a lot of people and a lot of multi-person matches, and it's just it's tough to to give too many shits about. Now, yeah, yeah, multi-pass it, it, match where the special guest referee was Corbin Dallas, and you had Lilu hanging <laughs> from a fucking cage above and just having guys finishers go off unexpectedly by using the power of her mind. That'd be fantastic. Fifth Element went back and movie. watched it recently. Fucking terrible. Not a good film. Uh-huh. And God no, love you. That you're is incorrect. that movie is fucking trash. That movie that is great. that movie is utter shit. The plot is shit. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what's his fuck? Chris Might Tucker. Be, uh, holy shit. W- worse than any fucking child in a film ever. ever. <laughs> Intentionally, the that's the that, character. Yeah, and it's fucking horrible. It's unwatchably fucking putrid. I mean, watching Leave the Ruby alone. Oh my god, you know his name. That is the fucking worst character. Um, visually I have, his pop vinyl. I have the complete This was set. the same guy that did Valerian and the City of a Thousand Plot Points recently. Also uh-huh. beautiful, also <laughs> trash film. Luke Besson. That's right. Luke Besson. Yeah, the yeah. Fuck say his name. yeah, guy makes a beautiful film that doesn't make a a dog turd's worth of sense. And he did the professional yeah. too, didn't he? He did. did he did. He I do, think so. He did the professional. Yeah. yeah. Luke Besson fell off, didn't he? God damn. He did Lucy. <laughs> I will say that Lucy, I'll watch the fuck out of Fifth Element, though. Whatever that goddamn uh, plastic brain skull cap thing Gary Oldman had. He was a space hillbilly with a metal tooth, a plastic yarmulke, and a Nerf Eliminator gun. Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Good lord. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like Chris And the Mangalores. The Mangalores. Yeah, come on, man. This is Chris sounds it like he's ready to do a Fifth for, Element uh, podcast. Three oh my golden god! Raspberries. Uh, yeah, this was. Um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe I just didn't I didn't drink enough prior to watching it again. Uh, it's seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and incredibly 70? outrageous special effects. Said total films. Josh winning. Oof. Singling out Tucker's performance as the low point of the film in 2011's <laughs> list, 50 performances that ruined a movie, with him being number 20 not, in that no. list. He no. was no. No. the no. utter shits. No. Nope. And oh my God, Chris. I can't, the, uh, I'm going to have a Chris lot Hay. of trouble <laughs> trusting any of your suggestions in movies at this point. If you're like, Chris Tucker did not just ruin the film, but he was good in the film. That was what the character called for, an obnoxious uh, radio host, and that's what he did. Chris, If there's one thing Chris Tucker is, it's obnoxious. So that's Trust spot me. on casting. I know obnoxious radio hosts, and that was a fucking <laughs> bad <laughs> rendition of that type of shit. Um, Listen, also, Rough House Faithful, speaking? okay? Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to – I'm trying to appeal to the masses here. I, I know that a lot of you people out there, the listeners of the Rough House podcast, have similar tastes in films. Um, if you if you agree with me, or even if you don't agree with me, uh, please check out <laughs> my GoFundMe because I'm going <laughs> back to Lucha Underground. I'm going back. I'm going back to. I'm going back to Cali. Oh no! Are we doing a 2018 begathon to get you to the fucking Yay! temple? Of Yo. course we are. Of course God we are. Damn. Well, I'd Chris- help you out, but. Kenny Omega was too much of a pussy to test himself in the big leagues. So, yeah. good luck and Godspeed. Considering, uh, let's head on over to the Patreon page here. Uh-oh. And no, whoa. don't look at that. 
Don't look at that. Oh, wow. Don't, look at that. Look Somehow at that we've right lost money during this show. So <laughs> you ain't going to the temple unless they're going to do that shit in Bowie this year. Unless season four of fucking <laughs> Lucha Underground takes place. Hold on. So what is what is this thing now? I got to go see the GoFundMe page. Hold on. What is this? It's it's uh, I, I tweeted the link out yesterday. I didn't tweet it out today because I felt bad begging for money the day after a national tragedy. Um, Fair point. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm try Chris. to space, space it out a couple days there chris yeah. you have to Let's... give full context what okay. happened yesterday when i texted you so that tickets were available on 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 the the story on tuesday uh on no on monday <clears throat> what they said uh was there was an exclusive with uh, uh with uprocks about the there were shots of the new temple and there was saying that tomorrow which was the 13th uh ticket information would be released for lucha underground season four tapings so me being as diligent as I am and such an uber super fan of Lucha Underground all day long, I'm I'm scouring Twitter. I set my my Twitter on my phone to send me a, a push update anytime Lucha Underground tweeted. And obviously, I know they're based in California, so I really couldn't look at anything till noon. But from noon to five o'clock, I'm like, you know, coughing really loudly so I can go walk in the other room and check my phone to see if Lucha Underground has sent out any other tweets. So I'm, I'm scouring. I'm like, I'm I'm getting anxious that I, I may miss an opportunity to get back to Lucha Underground. So. Uh, quitting time comes five o'clock. I'm in my car and I'm at I'm at a stoplight and I look at my phone and I see uh, a tweet from Lucha Underground saying, "Click here for ticket information." <laughs> Excuse me. So I immediately pull over to the side of the road. I didn't even put it in park. I'm just sitting there, foot on the brake, <laughs> and I'm clicking this link, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. They released um only tickets for the first weekend of tapings which is next weekend uh the 24th 25th 23rd 24th 25th uh is the first weekend of tapings and i'm like shit that's too soon for me to work that out i mean i'm fucking baltimore that's uh, that's three thousand miles away i can't i can't swing that with work with financials with anything in a week so as I'm on the phone, uh, on my phone, pulled off to the side of the road, off Timonium Road, uh, <laughs> I get a text from Marty with the link, and I was like, dude, I'm already on the webpage trying to get this shit done. And it was, <laughs> you're like, of course you are. Uh, and of course I was. So Yeah, on the side of the line, road trying to get Lucha Underground tickets. I, yes. I, I feel like so, this is a, a terrible omen of what you're going to do to try to get to Lucha Underground, man. Oh, oh. man. I, I'm going to do what I have to do. If, if, if it, I'll do what I have to do. So uh, I am secure with seats. I have seats for three days of tapings uh, next month. I can't release which dates, but they're not the first weekend because the dates haven't been made public, and I told them I wouldn't say which dates. Uh, but next month in March, uh, I, I will. I am, I am welcome. I am invited uh, to the new temple in Los Angeles for season four tapings of Lucha Underground. So, um, uh, my friends, my dear, dear Roughhouse friends, uh, it is I appealing to you to to throw a couple shekels uh, your boy's way. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you know, my, my hardships financially have been well documented on this podcast. Uh, I don't get a lot of, uh, of fun things in my life because all I do is fucking work. So uh, a little help in this matter would be greatly appreciated. And we'll be uh, tweeting out the link uh, and putting it on Facebook many times over the next couple weeks. Any little bit will help. And I do greatly uh, appreciate any help you could give give so there's my there's my plea of the week 
And I feel it's worth saying, as the poochie of this podcast, don't worry, OG537, I'm not seeing a goddamn dime. It's all going to Kristoff. Yeah, everything, yeah. everything is. And me. you say you just need just a couple of shekels thrown your way. That's all it's going to take to get you there. Because so far, you just have a couple of shekels. Uh, thank you to Danny Mays. Shout out yeah. Danny Mays here to the night, MCW. Uh, uh-huh. We are... I clicked on the GoFundMe. Now, the GoFundMe is right. kind of confusing because I was about to It's the same one. On- yeah. It's the same one. It's the same one. So I didn't have to start a new GoFundMe. I just used the same one from last time. So d- disregard sure the, the 12... confuse people? Disregard the $1,200 that it says I've already raised. That's from last oh, time. Oh, you're not so going to go. We're starting, we're starting fresh at $1,200. Uh, so I'm at $1,225. I've gotten 25 bucks so far. So... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so you don't have 12... Tw- Boy, this is fucking confused. So you d- it's the same one. So if yeah. you look at it and you think Kristoff has 1225 because people are going to see that and be like... I don't. Oh, shit, a round-trip flight's 500 bucks, and then he only yeah. needs like $100 a night for hotel and food. Kristoff is going to be fucking sitting pretty when in all actuality, you just have enough yeah, I got bus fare <laughs> to get to fucking Hunt Valley right now. So... Yeah. Um... Yeah, guys. Call an Uber. Guys, step it up. All right. Um, It'll be appreciated. It It'll be appreciated. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be able to pay for a, like a, a quarter of his internet to stream Lucha Underground season four. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta so, be a way uh, to drop that back down because the just the pathetic twenty five dollars might make people feel bad and get them to donate. Yeah, I feel like I they know, see I that twelve twenty five. They're gonna be like, yeah, fuck it. He made it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I should probably reassess that. I was just yeah, so excited the other night one. when I got. I was so excited when I got the confirmation that I was invited back to the to the tapings. I'm like, oh shit, I have to get this up immediately and start raising money. So yeah, I should. I should maybe maybe I'll start. Uh, maybe I'll start a new campaign. It'll probably make a little more sense. Jesus Christ! Look at that. Twenty seven months ago, Justin Schlegel donated two hundred dollars. 27 fucking months ago. Look at that. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and, and well, well, give me your thoughts on this, too. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, some anonymous, eyes wide shut style benefactor decides to have you go out there and pay your way to and fro in exchange for some scat porn on DVD. Uh, are you at all concerned that the players this time out aren't, are going to be, it's going to be a thinner Roster as far as mainstays with, <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously Prince Puma's gone, Mundo's gone, Cage is gone. No, Mundo's are there. Are they going to have a work? No, no, no. Are they going to have a? Yes, Lucha has worked out an agreement with with, uh, with Impact. Yes, correct. Okay. So, so Cage and Callahan and Morrison and Taya, they're they're all still uh, doing Lucha. Um, so that's that's not a big deal. Puma is gone. Mysterio uh, gone. Those are the big two that are gone. Um, I believe Marty the Moth and and Mariposa will be back. Pentagon Dark will be there at least. At, at the very least, to drop the title because they're allowing people who don't want to continue with the season to come back and be written off. So uh, there's a possibility that Pentagon could... I, I may not be able to see Pentagon. I don't know. I don't know how, how that's going to go. Or Phoenix. So it, it's kind of up in the air. And something interesting uh, popped up on the news feed today um, that uh, apparently they reached out to Sean Waltman, Lucha Underground. Interesting. Dude. 
Huh. Yeah, okay. so not not sh- and, uh, you know I, I didn't click the link to see what Xbox had to say about it, but um, the way he said reached out made it made it seem like uh, he was either too expensive or or it didn't work out one way or another. So, but yeah, uh, that that that's that's interesting. So they've definitely been reaching out to other people, um, but they've usually done a pretty good job of of scouring indies and welcoming people in. I had never heard of Brian Cage before Lucha Underground. I never heard of Phoenix or or Pentagon. So they've they've done a pretty successful job of of making stars out of people you know i i don't you know they're not super super stars but they're you know in in the circle of people who who obviously watch the show and pay attention to who's getting booked where around the country in, in big spots on indie shows you know jeff cobb aka matanza has gotten mm-hmm. a lot of pull mm-hmm. out of it as well so um they they have a good eye for talent so even if it is a, a fair amount of flesh fresh blood you know I'd be disappointed if not all of the storylines uh, were paid off at some point. Uh, but, you know, I, I have faith in the creative there, which it cannot be said for a lot of what happens elsewhere in the pro wrestling world, that they'll be able to make at least entertaining uh, Lucha Underground style television. Maybe they'll, uh, I don't know, siphon a couple of pesos out of the 401k and bring in Psycho Clown. You know? <laughs> well, they Psycho have a working Clown? relationship with AAA. Yeah. yeah. Don't bring in Psycho Clown. Don't, no, don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, Very geez. bad. There's a whole family fucking. of clowns, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, does fucking Triple A stink? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I tried to go and watch some of that Triple Mania, and that shit was, boy, oh boy, not great, not great. Uh, the, the the fucking Villanos, those three fucking dweebs, and then uh, I will say, I'm looking at pictures of. Pentagon from the past month or two, and he has lost some weight. He is actually looking in in some pretty decent shape. He looks like yeah, he, he was... might have decided to put down the pizone and pick up the fucking barbell. <laughs> he's, not the, he's not the chubby little fucking quinceanera murder skeleton that he used to be. He's actually... <laughs> He doesn't look like someone's going to fucking swing at and hope candies come out of his poorly painted mouth. He actually looks like he might have himself a bit of a cut to him. And and reminder, everyone, Kintanira Murder Skeleton is playing the Autobar this weekend if you want to check him out. (laughs) There's not a band by the name of fucking Quinceanera Murder Skeleton by the end of this goddamn podcast. The local Baltimore indie music scene, bands you've never heard of and oh never will again, has fucking failed us. Please. Yeah, yeah. Just just Is search that in Pitchfork. I'm sure you'll find them. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere. Please. Right next to Sun O and Minus the Bear. Oh. Yes. Inside Christ. Marty. That's it. Yes, it's just I want to I want to do a version of uh, baby metal, except it's bare metal, and it's just it's four super hairy fucking gay guys that shred, but they only play oh, in Marty. They only oh, play. Oh God, that's Manowar. They already exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they perform in loincloth, and they're all Marty? like, yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to. Uh, let, let's fucking talk door deal. All right. I want to know what's the on the all four on the floor back door deal for. <laughs> we should host our next our next rough house live from Marty's ass. Let's 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 hey, book man. like if we're gonna do like a fucking backlash program, we should set it up <laughs> and book it as live from Marty's fucking ass. That would be. Oh, Marty, I'm just trying to see you naked, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat the peanuts. Glorious.
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast featuring one guy whose radio dreams came true and another guy who failed miserably at being a successful broadcaster. And Marty. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.